Hello, welcome back to MLEX's weekly podcast. I'm James Paniki, a senior editor on the MLEX Asia Desk. It's great to have your company. Now, digital currencies have a bit of a mixed reputation at the moment, to put it mildly. These are currencies that can only exist electronically with no tangible form, so no banknotes and no coins to weigh down your pockets. Digital currencies, of course, include cryptocurrencies, but they also take in central bank digital currencies. Now, in the European Union, the blocks institutions and the member states that are part of the Eurozone, so those countries that use the euro, are set to consider whether to adopt a digital euro. It's all at a preliminary stage and it's part of a much larger package of financial services policy initiatives that the European Commission is running up the virtual flagpole at the moment. Nonetheless, the prospect of a digital currency has got people talking. I know all of this because I've been reading the recent reports by Catherine Carlson, our Brussels-based financial services correspondent, and I'm happy to say that Catherine is with us now from the MLEX offices in Brussels. Uh, So, Katie, firstly, tell me something about what's in the broader package that the Commission has published. Hi, James. So the Commission has put out four separate legal proposals as part of its big push on digital finance. So in that package, which came out on Wednesday, there are two euro-related proposals. One is establishing the legal basis and some of the design features for a potential future digital euro, and one is on the legal status, uh, the legal tender status of current euros. It's also published proposals on open finance, so that's dual data sharing between customers and their financial services providers, and on a revamp of EU payments rules, which will also incorporate more data sharing and digitalization. Now, from my perspective, for a financial services reporter, this is all very interesting. But for most people, the real stand-up proposal is the one on the digital euro. Yes, not surprisingly, uh, digital currencies are always newsworthy. And I understand that this is all just preliminary exploration of the idea. That said, what's included in the digital euro design as outlined by the Commission? So there's a couple of key elements in the design. And yes, as you mentioned, the important thing to note, first of all, is that this proposal doesn't necessarily mean a digital euro will happen. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will be issued. That's a decision that the European Central Bank will take in the future, but it may even still be a few years away. And I'll I'll come back to that later. Uh, But on the design. So the Commission is giving the digital euro legal tender status, which means that most businesses would have to accept it as a form of payment. It's also described the distribution model, so how you would access your digital euro is in future. The Commission could have chosen for a future digital euro to be distributed directly by the European Central Bank, which would have effectively cut the banking sector out of that ecosystem. But instead, it's gone for a model where existing banks will do the distribution. So they'll offer you digital euro accounts, they'll offer the services, they'll oversee transactions in digital euros. There's also going to be a maximum amount of digital euros that each person can hold. There's no official figure yet, and this is going to be decided by the ECB technically, but 3,000 euros has been discussed. And the digital euro would also be accessible to people outside the eurozone, both in EU countries that don't use the euro and in non-EU countries under certain circumstances. Now, all of that combines to mean that for most people, the digital euro won't seem that different from regular digital payments now. You're going to access it through the bank, you're going to use it for smaller transactions, and that lack of difference is the main reason why the proposal hasn't generated the most positive response. Okay, so that's the plan. What has the reaction been so far to this idea of a digital euro? Well, broadly speaking, it's not 
great. The bank's not very happy about the extra work they'll be required to do, mostly for free or for a relatively low price. So that work includes providing the accounts and payment services, and especially the work on developing and running the technical infrastructure that's needed to make the digital euro transactions possible. It's also on protecting customer data, conducting anti-money laundering checks. Uh, So they're not happy about all of the extra work they're going to have to do for basically little benefit to them. On the consumer side, NGOs aren't happy because they largely see the design as a missed opportunity that keeps the status quo instead of being more inclusive and offering a better service for consumers. And at the political level, there's a lot of scepticism about the usefulness of a digital euro compared to the resources it will take to develop. So finance ministers from eurozone countries said in a statement a few weeks ago that they need to work on convincing use cases for a digital euro. And many of the lawmakers in the European Parliament have said that for the last few months that use cases aren't convincing enough to go ahead with the project. Now, political emotions often run very high in the European Union, the European Parliament in particular, but why would an issue seemingly quite dry, like a digital uh, currency, why would this become so politically heated? So there's a few reasons that the digital euro is becoming kind of heated. So firstly, and most importantly, we're a year out from EU elections, which are going to take place next June. And a lot of EU politicians are concerned that the digital euro won't be popular with voters. There are also worries around privacy because of the transaction monitoring that could be included for future users of a digital euro. Politicians are concerned that misinterpretations around data privacy will feed into disinformation and anti-EU sentiment during the election cycle. And all of that has led to some fairly political cold feet about moving forward with the proposal. Now, on our side, we saw a U-turn from the Commission last week, where one day the proposal was seemingly delayed and removed from its legislative schedule, and the next day EU Finance Commissioner Mairead McGuinness announced that it was in fact going ahead. Now, I can't say the definitive reason for the U-turn because I've heard several conflicting accounts. Some people are saying it was EU countries that pushed for the proposal to be delayed. Others are saying it was internal divisions within the Commission. And different reasons are being thrown around depending on who you talk to. But what's clear is that there's a lot of anticipation around this proposal, and it's not necessarily good anticipation. Now, the ECB is definitely the biggest cheerleader for the digital euro, and there's an understanding that the Commission is sticking to its guns and putting forward its proposal, even though it looks like it will see significant opposition, both politically and from the public. Okay, so where do we go from here? What's coming next? Well, it's important to remember that the proposal doesn't definitely mean a digital euro will be issued. It just establishes the legal basis and some of the design features for a potential digital euro if this is eventually issued, but that is the ECB's decision to take. Now, the ECB is taking its time. It's currently in what they call an investigation phase of the project. And in about October, it's going to decide if it wants to move forward with developing the digital euro. If it does go ahead, it's going to start a new three-year phase called the realisation phase, where it will develop and test technology. But any decision on whether or not to actually issue it may come even later than that. Now, for the Commission's proposal, it will need to be negotiated and approved in the same way as other EU legislation by the European Parliament and EU countries. Given the lack of political support for the project, it looks like negotiations will be difficult, and they may not be finished before the EU elections next June. Eurozone finance ministers will also continue to weigh in on the design, although they don't have a specific legislative role in the process. But basically, I'd say what's coming is a bumpy ride with no definite outcome. Catherine, it's a really interesting development. Thank you for everything that you and the financial services team are doing to keep us up to date. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I'm always happy to chat about Digital Euro. (laughs) Catherine Carlson is an MLEX financial services correspondent. She was speaking to us from our offices in Brussels, where she and the team are recovering from the MLEX annual summer party, which is always the highlight of the year in Brussels. 
More importantly, for the purposes of this podcast, however, Catherine's analysis of the digital euro proposal is out from the paywall and ready for you to read. Our website is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the News Hub tab for all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. There's also an archive of our podcasts, including last week's overview of the regulatory clash between Google and the European Commission. Now, I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. The podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. Our hardworking marketing team in London help us to publish the program and to get it into your earbuds. And our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now. Bye for now.